Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
<clears throat> Good evening, everyone. It is 6.13 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as we come to you once again from the WCWS HQ here in Trinity, North Carolina, as we get set to bring you episode number 356 of the WCWS Radio Network's weekly pop culture review show. This is, of course, ladies and gentlemen, also, of course, a 2022 uh, WCWS Hall of Fame inductee, by the way, I should point that out. This is, of course, the one and the only WCWS outside the ropes. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. WCWS, Chad Hinshaw, back on the line here with you. And, of course, as always, as we do every single Wednesday night, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be bringing you, of course, some pop culture news and views courtesy of 411 Mania. We will also bring you, of course, your pop culture history and birthday report. And also to get you ready, ladies and gentlemen, for tonight's edition of Revolution, we will also bring you some wrestling news tidbits, also courtesy of 411mania.com. If you wish to chime in on anything and everything that we have to talk about here, of course, here this evening, please feel free, of course, to give us a call. The phone number, as always, 1-605-562-0444, caller ID, 141387 pound and press that one ladies and gentlemen if you wish to chime in on anything and everything that we have planned on talking about here of course this evening i do see it is 6 14 p.m eastern standard time ladies and gentlemen it is as we said wednesday august the 2nd 2023 good to have you here of course with us here uh, this evening and of course before we get bring you of course everything courtesy of 411 mania Let's also check out some big time headlines, courtesy of our friends at CNN. And also, in order to do that, we 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 will of course now go over to of course the official research tool of the WCWS uh, radio network, the Amazon Echo Dot. That will bring us of course five big time uh, pop culture headlines. And in order to do that, I will need to say the following: Alexa, current news. Hey, Chad, here's your news. In. Hi there from CNN. I'm Chris DeBeau with the five things you need to know for Wednesday, August 2nd. Former President Donald Trump dined with Fox executives the night he was charged for a third time as he runs for president a third time. Sources tell CNN top Fox executives tried to encourage Trump to participate in the debate the network is hosting while dining at his New Jersey golf club last night. Fox didn't respond to a request for comment. A federal grand jury indicted Trump on four criminal counts for allegedly conspiring with others to overturn the results of the 2020 election. Now, Trump's mounting legal woes are threatening to drag down the 2024 race, and it's still unclear if he'll participate in the debate. He's publicly and privately pointed to his commanding lead in the polls as one of the reasons he's reluctant to debate his GOP challengers. His lawyer told CNN he thinks this new indictment infringes on Trump's First Amendment right, and Trump's been clear he thinks the charges against him are politically motivated. 
So do some of his opponents in the 2024 Republican primary, while a few others have pointed out how troubling it is. A federal grand jury unanimously decided the gunman who killed 11 worshipers at a Pittsburgh synagogue in 2018 should get the death penalty. Robert Bowers was found guilty in June of all 63 charges against him for the deadliest ever attack on Jewish people in the U.S. at the Tree of Life Synagogue. CNN's Danny Freeman is in Pittsburgh covering this, so Danny, tell me, what have you been hearing from those affected by the shooting? Well, Krista, it's been an incredibly emotional day. We actually had a producer who was inside of the courtroom as the verdict was being read. And uh, the producer told us that uh, survivors of the shooting could be seen holding each other with tears in their eyes and embracing. Uh, because for so many of these people, this uh, journey to this moment has been such a long time coming. And have we heard any response from Bowers or his defense team? Well, Krista, actually, when the defendant's defense attorney and really their whole team came out of the courtroom, uh, I went up to them and I said, uh, do you have any comment? They stood stoically, silently, but it is interesting because the jurors uh, really offered a stunning rebuke of all of the arguments that the defense tried to mount. They didn't buy that Bowers had schizophrenia. They were very mixed on his history of mental illness, and ultimately they agreed with prosecutors that this crime was carried out specifically because Mr. Bowers had a hatred of Jews and a desire to kill Jewish people. U.S. stocks fell and the Nasdaq notched its worst day in five months as the U.S. credit downgrade Royals markets. Fitch ratings downgraded the U.S. debt rating Tuesday, sparking intense criticism from some economists and the Treasury Secretary, who called the move arbitrary and based on outdated data. But Fitch is pushing back, saying, First, I think the numbers speak for themselves. That's the company's lead analyst, Richard Francis, who told CNN the nation's growing mountain of debt is one reason for the debt downgrade, and the political dysfunction in Washington is another. The, the Democrats have moved left, the Republicans have certainly moved right, and the center has fallen apart. And that just makes uh, making difficult decisions very, uh, very difficult. Tensions are high in Eastern Europe, where Poland is deploying more troops to the border of Belarus after accusing the country of violating its airspace. Belarus strongly denied two of its military helicopters entered Polish airspace on Tuesday during a training exercise, calling it, quote, far-fetched. The incident comes as troops from the Russian mercenary group Wagner are moving toward a thin strip of land between Poland and Lithuania. It appears to be an attempt to increase pressure on NATO and EU members. The drama in Florida between the governor and Disney World continues. What's next? Since her role as White House correspondent, Caitlin Collins has never been afraid to dig deep. She's a reliable, deeply sourced reporter and is always willing to hold the powerful accountable. On her new CNN show, The Source with Caitlin Collins, Caitlin is bringing that tenacious spirit to prime time. She's chasing the facts, connecting with her Rolodex of sources, and pulling the threads of a story together right up to the minute she goes live. So viewers are getting the very latest. If you miss an episode, you can listen to The Source with Caitlin Collins wherever you get your podcasts. The battle between Disney World and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis shows no signs of slowing down. DeSantis handpicked the current board for the district governing Disney. Its latest move? Slashing all the district's diversity, equity, and inclusion programs. The district said the programs, quote, discriminated against Americans based on gender and race, costing taxpayers millions of dollars. CNN has reached out to Walt Disney World for comment. Disney is in the middle of suing the board and DeSantis in federal court, arguing the state retaliated against the company for exercising its First Amendment rights. The board has sued Disney in state court. 
All right, that's all for now. I'm Krista Bow, and our next episode drops at 10 p.m. Eastern. Until next time. Alexa, stop. <coughs> we do thank our friends at CNN for providing, of course, those headlines here as always. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, the Amazon Echo Dot is a very useful research instrument where, of course, like, like you just witnessed there, it, it will bring you the latest news. Also, of course, the weather for, for, your, uh, for your home, of course, as well. Also, it will bring you, uh, it will have, give you information, of course, when your computer, you're not near your computer or your smartphone about, uh, of course, uh, <clears throat> giving you any information, of course, concerning uh, that might be vital for a project at work, a child's project at school, or a job interview. Or also, and also, ladies and gentlemen, if you ever order anything off of Amazon.com, you can always utilize it to give you, of course, a time frame of how long it would take for your uh, for your delivery to, of course, arrive from its origin point to your home or work or what have you. So be sure to grab an Amazon Echo Dot here today. Very, very useful indeed. It is, the, as we said, the preferred research tool of the WCWUS radio network. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and bring you, of course, go to, of course, our friends at 411 Mania, who who has, of course, some pop culture stories to bring here as well. Well, keep in mind that some of those stories, as I may not mention on some occasions here before, uh, may have, of course, some stories that may be probably several days old, but, of course, we never had a chance to really report them. But we can always, we always, of course, ladies and gentlemen, of course, <clears throat> try, try to, of course, get you up to date on it in case you, if you have not heard about any of any of this, of course, um, uh, um, if you have, if you have not heard, of course, about any of this prior information. Uh, but keep in mind that the radio network is always thanks our friends at 411 Mania for allowing us to read their stories on all of our shows. Of course, in addition to right here, <clears throat> in addition to, of course, right here on Outside the Ropes, you can also, of course, uh, uh, you, can, you can also, of course, hear it on Revolution, Wolfpack, Raw Radio, as well as uh, Power Hour, WCWS This Morning, Wrestling Revisited, Wrestling Debate, and also, of course, on Sports Machine. And keep in mind, we are still working on getting a lot more of our episodes in of a lot more of our shows. Some that have not been on for a while, and some that have been, that have started, but 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 they have not. Of course, uh, we have of course prepared, but they have not debuted yet. Of course, Four Eleven Mania will also definitely be a part of those shows here as well. Okay, let's go to our first story right here, of course, for you horror fans out here. Uh, <clears throat> Joseph Lee posted this story right here uh, today as George A. Romero's final zombie movie, Twilight of the Dead, may begin filming this year. George A. Romero may have left us, but there's still one more entry in his series, uh, his Dead series, that is yet to be produced. Deadline reports that Twilight of the Dead, the final entry in the series that began with 1968's Night of the Living Dead, is expected to film this year. Roundtable Entertainment, who are who is producing the film, <coughs> excuse me, 
are hoping to begin production late this year in Puerto Rico. Romero wrote a treatment for the project before his death and considered it to be a proper conclusion to the series. The project was announced in 2021, and the script was written by Joe Netter, Robert Lucas, and Palo Zelotti, who worked on the treatment with Romero. The seventh entry is set on a tropical island, and the plot will delve into the dark nature of humanity from the perspective of the last humans on Earth who are caught between factions of the undead. Producers claim that the, the sequel will be thought-provoking, soci sociopolitical commentary wrapped in a genre piece. This would be similar to the director's past entries in the series. The production team is still seeking a director and was looking into casting before the, for the SAG AFTRA strike happened. They are looking to get a waiver. They aren't, they aren't opposed to more movies if this one does well. Producers include Romero's wife, Suzanne, also John Baldecci, Sarah Donnelly, Palo Zelotti, and Art Vela Entertainment's Stephanie Caleb. The executive producers are Dominic Iano, Alex Dundas, Jason Resnick, Chris Rowe, and Louis Reefcall. Reef Suzanne Romero said, I'm delighted to be joined forces with Roundtable with the Brain, the eerie evolution of Romero's universe to the screen. Roundtable impressed me with their long-term and deep love of George's work. I believe they have the vision to produce the best version of this movie that honors the Romero legacy. I can't wait to start filming. Roundtable's head of script, John Baldecci, added, We're thrilled to be working alongside Suzanne, Paulo, and Stephanie to bring the final installment of this epic series. It is the perfect ending to one of the greatest horror legacies of all time, with a, with a powerful and timely message about how humanity is the cause of its own destruction, over and over and over again. There is a lot of excitement in the creative community to be involved, and we'll be making decisions on that shortly. George, as you know, George Romero created the modern zombie with the arrival of Nine the Living Dead, a film whose influence is still felt today. The series also included 1978's Dawn of the Dead, 1985's Day of the Dead, 2005's Land of the Dead, uh, 2008's Diary of the Dead, and 2009's Survival of the Dead. The, the last one was the last project Romero di directed before his passing in 2017 so for those who are big time horror fans get ready because hopefully they'll be they'll be uh this will start filming this year and hopefully like i said uh this will of course like i said be a uh, be put into a very influential horror franchise for me personally i'm not a big fan of the horror genre but i can respect of course the legacy that has endured or at least about almost about close to 50, 60 years. I mean, which is very, very impressive, of course, to say the least. Jeremy Thomas posted this story last night. As Stephen DeMille clarifies comments after initially saying he doesn't support the SAG AFTRA strike. Stephen DeMille took to social media to clarify comments he made at the convention about not supporting the, the SAG AFTRA strike. The star of Arrow was at, at GalaxyCon in Raleigh, North Carolina over the weekend, and during a Q&A was asked about strikes, saying that he supports his union, but not the strike itself. I feel like I'm in, insulated in Hollywood because that's where I live, a male said per THR. I feel like a lot of people in this room aren't aware of the strike. I support my union. I do, and I will stand with him, but I do not support striking. I don't. I think that it is a reductive negotiating tactic. 
and I find the entire thing incredibly frustrating. I think that the the think I think that the thinking as it pertains to shows like this show that I'm on that premiered last night, I think it is myopic, and I stand with my union. Emil was referring to Heels as a show that premiered, of course, back on Friday. Heels bowed. It bowed about a second season on stars and per PW Insider drew a series low of 46,000 viewers as well below the season one low of 73,000 for the seventh episode. Emil's comments drew criticism after they surfaced and he has since taken to Facebook to clarify his comments. This is what he wrote. Understandably, there has been a lot of reaction to the comments I made this weekend about our strike. To ensure there is no misunderstanding about my thoughts and intentions, I'm providing what I actually said and the clarifying context to ensure my feelings are unintentionally misinterpreted. We all know sound, sound bites can be taken out of context and I have too much respect for my fellow union members to not clarify the record. What I actually said, number one, I support my union, I do, and I stand with them. That doesn't need much clarity. My support is unconditional and I stand with them. What I actually said, I do not support striking, I don't. What this means in full context, I understand fundamentally why we're here. My off-the-cuff use of the word support is clearly contradictory to my true feelings and my empathic statement that I stand with my union. Of course, I don't like striking. Nobody does what we do. What we, do. we have to do what we have to do. What I said I think that it is a reductive negotiating tactic, and I find the entire thing incredibly frustrating. In full context, I'm an actor, and I was speaking extemporaneously for over an hour. I emote, but I certainly don't think these issues are simple. Our leadership has an incredibly complicated job, and I'm grateful for all they do. Despite some of my terrible early acting work, I assure you I'm not a robot. From an intellectual perspective, I understand why we are striking, but that doesn't mean it isn't emotionally frustrating on many levels for all involved. What I said, I think that thinking is, I think that thinking as it pertains to show to shows like the show that I am on that premiered last night, I think it is myopic. What I meant, nothing about the strike is funny, but if I may self-depreciate for a moment i have no clue what i was trying to say here and who says i think that thinking perhaps it was an in an articulate shout out to our crew and cast who mean the world to me i'm simply sad that we don't have a chance to celebrate a show that all was figurative, figuratively and i literally broke my back for as i said from the jump i want to ensure my thoughts and intentions are not misconstrued the situation reminds of the proverb the road to hell is paved with good intentions, which apparently, after reading a limited amount of the commentary, is a place many of you would like me to visit. However, at least for the foreseeable future, I choose to stand with my union. When you see me on a picket line, please don't whip any hard fruit. And this was, and he said this, of course, uh, uh, signed it, of course, with his name, Stephen. And he actually said this, of course, yesterday, of course, on Facebook, on his personal Facebook account. So if you want to go, if you want to, of course, go back and check that out. Uh, it is, uh, I believe it's facebook.com forward slash Stephen Amell. 
course, his last name is spelled A-M-E-L-L. So, but, so, like I said, take that, but of course, everyone would, I hope everyone will take that with, of course, a grain of salt on that front. Jeremy Thomas posted this story uh, last night as the God of Mischief is back in a trailer for Loki Season 2. Loki makes its return in October, and the first trailer for the second season is now online. Marvel Studios released the first trailer for the upcoming second season, which will arrive on October 6th on Disney+. The new trailer reveals that Loki is time-slipping and must team back up with Mobius to not, to, not, to not only fix that, but to try to save the multiverse. The new season, of course, does star Tom Hiddleston, Ki-Hai Kwan, Owen Wilson, Gugu Mbatha, uh, Raw, Sophia DiMartino, Wumi Masaku, Eugene Court Cordero, Rafael Casal, Tara Strong, Kate Dickey, Liz Carr, and Nell Elise. So, we look forward to seeing this on October the 6th on Disney+. Plus. For those who have been a fan, of course, of, of this series and also have been a fan of the character itself. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, this is one story that really made, really made, of course, the the, the headlines yesterday, and I'm sure not a lot of people will, will need to, of course, uh, will need to um, um, probably will might, might need to be reminded of it. But I will repeat it since it was posted. Joseph Lee posted it actually back on Monday. Yes, that yeah he put posted it back on Monday, uh, that, of course, the, the one and only Paul Rubens, who, of course, we do remember as Pee Wee Herman sadly did, in fact, pass away. <laughs> Excuse me. An iconic TV performer, comedic film actor has left us as Variety, Variety reports that Pee Wee Herman actor Paul Rubens sadly has passed away at the age of 70. Rubens actually announced his own death with a statement, Time to post on Instagram after he passed. He wrote, of course, the following. Please accept my apology for not going public with what I've been facing the last six years. I have always felt a huge amount of love and respect from my friends, fans, and supporters. I have loved you all so much and enjoyed making art for you. The estate of Paul Rubens... <clears throat> Did add last night we said farewell to Paul Rubens, an iconic American actor, comedian, writer, producer, whose beloved character Pee Wee Herman delighted generations of children and adults with his positivity, whimsy, and belief in the importance of kindness. Paul bravely and privately fought cancer for years with his traditional tenacity and wit. A gifted and prolific talent, he will forever live in the comedy Pathanon and in our hearts as a treasured friend and man of remarkable character. And generosity of spirit. As you know, Rubens had been privately battling cancer up until his passing, of course, as we said, for the past six years. So that looks like it's been since 2017, I believe. Rubens did train with the Groundlings in Los Angeles in the 1970s before creating his most famous character, Pee Wee Herman, in 1982. Pee Wee began his life on a stage show that ran for five months before getting an HBO special. From there, he starred in the 1985 movie Pee Wee's Big Adventure, a childhood staple for those who grew up in the 80s. Pee Wee's Playhouse followed, running on CBS between 1986 and 1990. The character would continue to appear in a variety of media after that, 
including two more movies, which was 1988 big, 1988's Big Top Pee-wee and 2016's Pee-wee's Big Holiday. Also, he appeared on Saturday Night Live, Sesame Street, and also on a, a couple occasions, he did appear in the WWE, of course, as a guest host. He had a career outside of Pee-wee as well, memorably showing up in films like Batman Returns, where he played the father of... Um, Oswald Cobblepot, of course, the character we would know later on as the Penguin, who was played by Danny DeVito. Also, the movie Mystery Men, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Dunstan Checks In, and Blow, as well as TV shows like Pushing Daisies and also Gotham. For 11 Mania, as well as, of course, right here in the radio network, we'd like to give our condolences to the family, friends, and many fans, of course, of Mr. Rubens. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not sure if anyone will be able to access. I do believe what I do have here. Um, um, I believe, is like I said, that Mr. Rubens did have, in fact, a um, um, an, an Instagram account. So you might want to try to maybe if, if you can locate that, you might be able to, of course, uh, Pull that up and, of course, check that out, of course, here in D, which I'm sure it has gotten a lot of hits since that news was announced. So our thoughts and prayers, of course, continue to go out to uh, the one and only uh, Paul Rubens, of course, Pee Wee Herman himself. Jeremy Thomas posted this story on Sunday as the movies Red Rooms and Femme went big at the Fantasia International Film Festival. The awards for the 2023 Fantasia International Film Festival were announced were announced actually on Saturday, <clears throat> with Red Robin, Red I'm sorry, Red Rooms and Fam taking home the most wins. The genre film festival, which began on January 20th and ran and will run through August the 9th, announces jury awards. Of course, on Saturday night, did did did, did announce it. Of course, on Saturday night. Pascal Plante's thriller Red Rooms also, of course, also I, I might be kind of hard for me to try to pronounce it in French, won four awards including the Cheval Noir, Noir Award for Best Feature and the awards for Best Screenplay for uh, Pascal Plant himself, Best Score by Dominique Plant, an outstanding performance by Juliette uh, Garipé. Forgive me if I mispronounce that. Meanwhile, the queer revenge thriller Femme won a second Outstanding Performance Award for star Nathan Stewart Jarrett, as well as Best Director for Sam H. Freeman and Neeg Chun Ping. Other notable awards included the screen life thriller Stay Online winning Best First Feature and the First Slam Dunk winning Best Feature Film in the Animation category. So, we, And of course, you can check out the full list, of course, on this where I just read this story right here, folks, if you wish to go back and check that out. <clears throat> but, of course, congratulations to all the movies that received, of course, awards here. As they said, it will be this will be going on until, um, it looks like it said August the 9th, so it will be a week from tonight, actually, before it will, it will come to an end. This story came out also on uh, <clears throat> came out on Sunday as well as Jackie Chan and John Cena's Hidden Strike top, tops the Netflix charts this past Sunday. 
Jackie Chan and John Cena's long-delayed film Hidden Strike found itself at the top of the Netflix pack on on Sunday. Netflix top ten uh, top ten for Sunday had the action film, which was finally released on Friday after it was announced in 2018 in the number one position. The weekly top ten lists are released every Tuesday and counts from, of course, from this past Monday from last Monday through this this past Sunday. <clears throat> so Hidden Strike will have three days of release on this week's chart. Of course, the full top ten for Sunday is as follows. Uh, we'll just name the movies. Number one, Hidden Strike. Number two, Happiness for Beginners. Number three, Miraculous, Ladybug, and Cat Noir, the movie. Number four, They Clone Tyrone. Number five, Missing the, Lu- the Lucy Blackman case. Number six, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Number seven, The Outlaws. Number eight, Paradise. Number nine, Unknown Cosmic Time Machine. And number ten, Ride Along. So there you have it, of course, right there. So congratulations, of course, to those movies. And now we have your box office report for this past weekend. Let's go ahead and see what, of course, we have right I hear from from Sunday as once again as we did say this last week ladies and gentlemen Barbie and Oppenheimer actually reigned on the, in the box office for the second straight weekend and let's take a peek as to what will be coming up this weekend what we can what we can expect this weekend next this coming weekend we'll see the same on top as Barbie and Oppenheimer will roll over two newcomers number one Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem is likely to gross around $30 million over the three-day. Of course, it, do, it does open today, while Meg to the Trench should bring in around $25 million or so. And your top ten, of course, here from this past weekend is as follows. Number one, as we said, Barbie may received $93 million this past weekend. So far, total has received $351.4 million dollars. And worldwide, $774.5 million. Number two, as we said, Oppenheimer, $46.2 million this past weekend. So far as total has earned $174.1 million. Worldwide, it has earned $400.4 million. Number three, Haunted Mansion, $24.2 million. That's what it's earned total so far, but worldwide, it has earned $33.2 million. Number four, Sound of Freedom. It earned $12.4 million this weekend. Uh, total is earned $149 million even, and also worldwide. Number five, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. It earned $10.7 million this past weekend. Total is earned $139.2 million. Total uh, worldwide is earned $448.2 million. Number six, Talk to Me has earned uh, 10 million dollars this past weekend and that's and that's also what it has earned total so far and also worldwide number seven indiana jones and the dial of destiny still holding on as best as possible it earned only four million dollars this past weekend but so far total has earned 167.1 million and worldwide has earned 356.1 million number eight elemental $3.4 million this past weekend. Total has earned $145 million. And worldwide, it has earned $395 million. 
Number nine, Insidious, the Red Door, earned $3.2 million this weekend. Uh, total so far has earned $78.1 million. Worldwide, it has earned $174.4 million. And number 10, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, it, it earned $1.4 million this past weekend. So far, total it has earned $378.8 million, while worldwide it has earned $682.3 million. But of course, obviously, as we said, Barbie and Oppenheimer does not will not seem to be affected by, of course, a couple of newcomers coming in, including the new Ninja Turtles movie, Mutant Mayhem, and also we said Meg to the Trench. Um, but we will, of course, be watching. They'll be watching. It will be watched, of course, very, very carefully. Joseph Lee posted this story actually on Saturday as Jigsaw seeks revenge in the trailer for Saw 10. Lionsgate Pictures has released the first trailer for Saw 10, which promises and delivers the return of Jigsaw. The interquel takes place between the first two installments of the horror franchise as John Kramer goes to Mexico to seek treatment for his cancer. Once he's betrayed, he seeks revenge in the way he knows best. The film was directed by Kevin Grinert from a script by Peter Goldfinger and Josh Stolberg. It does star Tobin Bell, Shawnee Smith, Sanov McCody Lund, Stephen Brand, and Michael Beach. It will arrive on September 29th. Of course, we have a we do have a synopsis of it right here. Uh, sorry about that here, folks. Okay, sorry. Okay, that's what it was. Okay, here's a synopsis right here. John Kramer, played by Tobin Bell, is back. The most disturbing installment of the Saw franchise yet explores the untold chapter of Jigsaw's most personal game. Set between the events of Saw 1 and Saw 2, a sick and desperate John travels to Mexico for a risky experimental medical procedure in hopes of a miracle cure for his cancer, only to discover the entire operation is a scam to defraud the most vulnerable. Armed with a newfound purpose, the infamous serial killer returns to his work, turning the tables on the con artist in his signature visceral way through devious, deranged, and ingenious traps. We do have, of course, a trailer right here from, Lions, from the Lionsgate uh, YouTube channel, and we'll post that trailer, ladies and gentlemen, in the Entertainment Cavalcade uh, Facebook page. This story, I believe, came out on Friday as Sony delays Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse and sets dates for both Bad Boys 4 and Venom 3. Sony has made a host of release date shifts, including delaying Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse and also putting Bad Boys 4 and Venom 3 on the calendar. Deadline reports that the studio has made several updates to its release schedule. Of course, right here, let's go ahead and bring you that schedule. Bad Boys 4 is set now officially set to release on June 14th of next year. Venom 3 is set to release on July 12th of next year. The delays, Gran Turismo has been moved from August 11th, 2023 to August 25th, 2023, 
with a sneak preview on August the 18th. Craven the Hunter has been moved from October 6, 2023 to August 30th, 2024. The Ghostbusters Afterlife sequel has moved from December 20th, 2023 to March 29th, 2024. Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse moves from March 29th, 2024 to right now the date has not been scheduled. Karate Kid moves from June 7th, 2024 to December 13th, 2024. And also the movie They Listen moves from August 30th, 2024 to a date that has yet to be scheduled. One movie that has released in earlier is that Madam Webb has been moved up from, Feb- from February 16th, 2024 to actually only moved it up by two days. It will be re- actually released on Valentine's Day of next year. The report notes that cre- the move for Craven the Hunter is, specific- is specifically so that the film can be promoted with Aaron Taylor Johnson once the SAG AFTRA strikes is resolved. As for Beyond the Spider-Verse, the report notes that several voice performances still need to be completed, which is not happening during the strike, so it needs the extra time. The Ghostbusters sequel completed filming, but still needs the actors for the post-production phase. So that's pretty much, ladies and gentlemen, why a lot of these movies have had to be moved. Jeremy Thomas posted this story. I do believe last, I do believe this was last uh, last Thursday, if I'm not mistaken, as Donald and Stephen Glover are set to write a series based on Lando Calrissian for Disney+. Plus. Donald and Stephen Glover have signed on to write the Lando series for Disney+. Plus. Friday reports that the brothers have come on board to write the Star Wars limited series after Justin Simeon apparently exited the show. Simeon had been on tap to create the show at some point, which had been in the work since December 2020. Donald Glover played Lando Calrissian in Solo, a Star Wars story in 2018. As you know, Billy D. Williams originated the role in The Empire Strikes Back in Return of the Jedi. Of course, also keep in mind, in, in the last big Star Wars movie they did, Billy D. Williams came back and put and reprise that role. The Glovers are currently in an overall deal with Amazon. And also one other quick thing we'll mention here, ladies and gentlemen, as there is, has been from, from uh, was posted today from Jeffrey Harris, a review of the upcoming uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie called Ninja Mayhem. Mutant Mayhem, I'm sorry, Mutant Mayhem. And what we're going to do, ladies and gentlemen, we are actually going to post that story before we get to, of course, our pop culture history and birthdays here. We are going to see if we can. We're going to see if we can get that posted in our entertainment cavalcade page so everybody can go back and go and read, of course, a little bit about this. Uh, so give us just one second here 
And while we do that, ladies and gentlemen, while I fix that up, let me go ahead and just give you this right here. We do thank 411 Mania for, for and our friends at CNN for providing, of course, some of your pop culture stories. <coughs> of course, today and also, of course, from the last several days as well. 6.52 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, one one six zero five five six two zero four four four. Caller ID one one four one three eight seven pound. This is episode three fifty six of WCWUS Outside the Ropes. As we said, this is Wednesday, August second, two thousand and twenty-three. Uh, Mr. WCWUS Chad Hinshaw, of course, here with you. As the rest of our panel, way too tough to handle, of course, are are I'm sure uh, preparing themselves for tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite which is his 200th episode here this evening. And we'll definitely, of course, be hearing a lot about that uh, coming up here, of course, here tonight on episode uh, 1330 uh, of WCWS Revolution 138055-pound. <coughs> coming up at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Of course, in addition... Uh, to that review, also, of course, any additional thoughts about what happened last night on NXT. Also, of course, as always, your wrestling news and views, and also your wrestling and pop culture uh, history and birthdays, of course, here as well. Uh, also, of course, also, of course, ladies and we'll do some more discussion heading in towards this Saturday's uh, SummerSlam show here, of course, as well. As keep in mind, SummerSlam is, of course, this coming uh, Saturday evening. So you still have time, ladies and gentlemen, to go to the uh, Pay-Per-View Prediction Center 4th Down Facebook page to vote for, of course, all the matches that are currently going on right now that are currently set up to, to take place, of course, at SummerSlam. Uh, we do know, of course, that Asuka will be defending her women's championship and a triple threat match against both Charlotte and Bianca Belair. It will be also be an MMA match, of course, between Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. Also, ladies and gentlemen, you'll have that match between Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar. You will also have, you will also have, uh, <clears throat> let's see. Yes, you will, you will also have, of course, ladies and gentlemen, obviously one match, two, two matches that probably people will be looking at will be, of course, a SummerSlam uh, Battle Royal. Um, some of the superstars have already been announced for this so far. Uh, we do know that LA Knight and Sheamus were announced last week. We also know that we just heard from, I think, from this past Monday, that four more were added on into it, including Tommaso Ciampa, also Shinsuke Nakamura, and both members of the Alpha Academy, Chad Gable and Otis. Uh, but I'm sure they'll be announcing more probably coming up here between now and before SmackDown on Friday. So be sure to, of course, ladies and gentlemen, be sure to, of course, ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, of course, check that out. Uh, but like I said, be sure to get your votes in, of course, uh, before, of course, SummerSlam. Because once SummerSlam starts on Saturday, ladies and gentlemen, the voting will be, of course, over with. And, of course, keep in mind that this is the second half of our prediction title challenge, which also, of course, started with the Great American Bash this past Sunday. So we will, we will, of course, no, we will, of course, ladies and gentlemen, 
course, be letting you know, of course, what will take place after SummerSlam as far as, of course, who will win our who wins our prediction title challenge and what championship belts will be up for grabs during this time. So <clears throat> anyway, check out Revolution 1330 tonight at 9 o'clock, 138055 pound. Of course, part of the radio network right here on TalkShoe.com. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's go check out your pop culture, history, and birthdays for today, the 2nd of August. As we all go to, of course, our page at OnThisDay.com, that we, of course, provide, provide your daily pop culture, history, and birthdays. Of course, general pop culture, as well as music, movies, uh, television, and also sports, of course, and other, of course, interesting historic tidbits as well. And, of course, we do present that on our other shows as well. So be sure to, to always listen, and you might find some stuff very, very interesting indeed. On this date in 338 B.C., Macedonian army led by Philip II defeats combined forces of Athens and Thebes in the Battle of Chironia, securing Macedonian hegemony in Greece and the Aegean. On a state in 216 BC during the Second Punic War, the Battle of Cannae, Carthaginian army led by Hannibal defeats numerically superior Roman army under the command consuls Lucius and Milius uh, Pollicus and Gaius Tyrannitus Vero. Try saying all that three times fast, folks. On a state in 1776 was the formal signing of the U.S. Declaration of Independence. By 56 people, of course, is the date that is most accepted by modern historians. On this date in 1790, the first United States Census was conducted. The population was, at the time, 3,939,214, which included 697,624 slaves. On this date in 1832, during the Battle of Bad Axe, Wisconsin, 1,300 Illinois militia defeat, uh, let's see if I look at that correctly, uh, yes, Sauk and Fox Native Americans ending the Black Hawk War in the United States. On the day in 1858, the government of India was transferred from the East India Company to the British Crown. And on the state in 2018, Apple becomes the first American public listed company to reach $1 trillion in value. Today in movies and television history, on this day in 1973, the movie American Graffiti was directed by George Lucas and starred Richard Dreyfuss and Ron Howard. Of course, many others, including Harrison Ford and other, others as well, does premiere at the Locano International Film Festival in Switzerland. Today in music history in 1961, the Beatles' first gig as a house band took place, of course, at Liverpool's Cavern Club in Liverpool, England. And today in sports history on this date in 1864, at the, of course, the Saratoga Race Course, America's oldest thoroughbred racetrack, opens its inaugural meet with four days of racing. On this date in 1937, the Mary Tax Act of 1930, Tax Act of 1937 is passed in America, essentially rendering marijuana and all of its byproducts illegal. 
some birthdays to speak of, ladies and gentlemen. Pierre Charles Lafont was born on this day in 1754. He would pass away in 1825. Frederic Auguste Bartholdi was born on this date in 1834. He would pass away in 1904. Constantine I was born on this day in 1868. He would pass away in 1923. Legendary, legendary actress Myrna Loy was born on this date in 1905. She would pass away in 1993. Uh, James Baldwin, who I believe was, I believe he was an actor or a musician. I'm not sure what, check that. Was born on this day in 1924. He would pass away in 1987. And Jorge Rafael Videla was born on this date in 1925. He would pass away in 2013. Some other birthdays to bring you, ladies and gentlemen. Legendary actor Carol O'Connor, best known, of course, as you know, for All in the Family. Also, of course, played the title role in the in the TV version of In the In the Heat of the Night. Was born on this date in 1924. He would pass away in 2001. Legendary actor Peter O'Toole was born on this date in 1932. He would pass away in 2013. Legendary football great Billy uh, Cannon was born on this date in 1937. He would pass away in 2018. Uh, legendary uh, director Wes Craven, best known, of course, for, I believe, for kind of really, really in a way, starting the, the Scream movie franchise. Was born on this date in 1939. He would pass away in 2015. Actress Mary Louise Parker today turns 59. And actor Sam Worthington today turns 47. On this date in 2017, the first footage of white giraffes was posted by the Harola Conservation Program in northeastern Kenya. On this day in 1882, United States educational pioneer Booker T. Washington, who was 26 at the time, would marry Fanny Smith. On the state in 1904, novelist Herman Hesse, who was 27 at the time, would marry Maria Bernoulli. And on the state in 1930, Lawrence McKinley Gould, who was 33 at the time, who was an who, who was an American who was a geologist and polar explorer from right here in America, would marry Margaret Peg Rice in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Some passings that took place on this date. Horace Mann passed away on this day in 1859. Uh, legendary uh, cowboy uh, Wild Bill Hickok passed away in 1876. Enrico Caruso passed away in 1921. The inventor of the telephone, Alexander Graham Bell, passed away on this day in 1922. President uh, Warren G. Harding passed away on this day in 1923. And Paul von Hindenburg passed away on this day in 1934. Of course, as we said, Wild Bill Hickok passed away on this day in 1876. He was a legend of the Wild West, a gunfighting sheriff who shot dead numerous men as he fought for law and order. But it is, is it all a bit exaggerated? Some people may be debating that that uh, statement. So, Of course, a lot of people have been saying a lot of different things here lately. Some movies and television history birthdays for you. I want to say 1953, KCPQ TV Channel 13 in Tacoma, Seattle, Washington, an independent affiliate would begin broadcasting. I want to say in 1967, in the heat of the night, this was the movie that was directed by Norman Jusen, based on the novel by John Ball, of course, of the same name, 
and it starred the late Sidney Poitier and the late Rod Steiger, would premiere in New York. It would win the Academy Award for Best Picture in 1968. On, say, 1973, as we said, the movie American Graffiti, which was directed by George Lucas, and it did star Richard Dreyfuss and Ron Howard, among others, would premiere at the Locarno International Film Festival in Switzerland. On a say in 1982, Roger Ebert's movie news premieres on the ABC FM network. On a say in 1990, the 23rd San Diego Comic Con International opens at the Holiday Inn. Two moments on this date in 1993. First off, NYC Radio, WFAN personality Don Imus's lung officially collapses. And on the same day, Shamrock Broadcasting, a Disney company, officially takes ownership of Cleveland's WMMS FM 100.7 and WHKAM 1420. And on a state in 1994, the the New York Supreme Court refuses Howard Stern's non-financial disclosure. Some birthdays in movies and television, as we said, Myrna Loy is born on this date in 1905. She would pass away in 1993. Carol O'Connor was born on this date in 1924. He would pass away in 2001. Peter O'Toole was born on this date in 1932. He would pass away in 2013. Wes Craven was born on this date in 1939. He would pass away in 2015. Uh, Mary Louise Parker today turns 59. And Sam Worthington today turns 47. Some passings in the, in the in movies and television. I want to say 1920. Um, Omer Locklear, a movie stunt pilot born right here in America, best known for the great air robbery, would pass away at the age of only 28. I want to say 1929, May Costello, whose also real last name was Altschuk, an actress born right here in America, best known for the joys of a jealous wife, would pass away due to a of heart disease at the age of 47. On this day, 1933, Arthur Collins, a baritone vocalist, was born right here in America, who was also known as King of the Ragtime Singers. He was known for the Peerless Quartet, and also he was a well-known comedian as well, but passed away at the age of 69. On this day, 1964, Jack Kirkwood, who was an actor of Scottish descent, who was part of Fibber McGee and Molly, would pass away also at the age of 69. And on stayed in 1973, Jean-Pierre Melville, a filmmaker of French descent who was known for Bob Le Flambeur, would pass away due to a heart attack at the age of 57. And two weddings in movies and television. On a stayed in 1982, John Malkovich, best known for the movie Dangerous Liaisons, plus, of course, many more who was 28 at the time, would marry film and stage actress Glenn Headley, who was 27 at the time. And I'll say 1997, Kelsey Grammer, best known for, of course, uh, for for the TV show Frasier, which, of course, he did, did of course, uh, he did portray also on the TV show Cheers, who was 43 at the time, would marry Playboy model Camille Donataki, who was 29 at the time, at the Saddle Rock Ranch in Malibu. Now let's go to your music history and birthdays, of course, right here. 
on his day in 1947. Greek-American uh, soprano makes her Italian. And I actually don't have the person's name. They forgot to put the person's name in this. But anyway, this person would make her Italian debut in the title role of uh, Amlicare Poncelli's La Gioconda at the Verona Arena. So wish I could tell you who this was, ladies and gentlemen, but apparently the guys at onthisday.com forgot to put her name there. So so hopefully, like I said, they may realize that mistake and uh, and, um, and, and may be able to fix it before the night's out. I'm not sure. I want to say in 1953, Betty Jack Davis, a country singer born right here in America. Uh, she was, of course, with Skeeter Davis and the Davis sisters. Sadly, was killed in a car crash at the age of 21. I want to say in 1961, the, as we said, the Beatles had their first gig as a house band at, at the Cavern Club in Liverpool, England. I want to say in 1969, Bob Dylan makes a surprise appearance at his 10th high school reunion in Hibbing, Minnesota. Two moments on this date in 1979. First off, Broadway Opry 79 closes at St. James Theater in New York City after only six performances. And also, Gilda Radner, Life in New York, opens at Winter Garden Theater in New York City, and it would run for 52 performances. I want to say 1991 funk singer Rick James, everybody would remember, I think everybody remembers Rick James, was arrested on sexual torture charges. And on, say, 1992, Death and the Maiden would close at Brooks Atkinson in New York City after 159 performances. Some birthdays in the world of music. On, say, 1775, Jose Angel Lamas was born in Caracas, Venezuela. He was a composer. He would pass away in 1814. On, say, 1858, Katerina Van Rene uh, was born in Utrecht in the Netherlands, was a composer of Dutch descent. She would pass away in 1940. I want to say in 1880, 1884, Nanny Larsen Thompson was born in Hogby, Sweden. She was an opera singer. She would pass away in 1982. I want to say in 1888, Oscar Rosbach was born in Dayton, Kentucky. He was a composer. He would pass away in 1975. And I want to say in 1890, Pauline Hall was born in Hamar, Hedmark in Norway. He, she was a composer as well. She would pass away in 1969. And some passings, Enrico Caruso, who, of course, was a, was, of course, a musician, would pass away on this date in 1921. And uh, Fela Kuti would pass away on this date in 1997. And also three weddings in the world of music, 1970, Sammy Kahn, who was 57 at the time, would marry fashion designer Virginia Tita Curtis in California. On, say, 1978, singer-songwriter Neil Young, who was 32 at the time, would marry diner-waitress Peggy Morton, who was 25 at the time. They would divorce, however, it looks like they were married for about 30, 36 years, they would actually divorce in 2014, so they stayed married for quite a while. And on this day in 2005, um, singer Brandon Flowers, from I believe from the group Killers, who was 24 at the time, would marry fashion designer 
Tana Madowski, who was 23 at the time, in Oahu, Hawaii. Now let's go to your sports history and birthdays, of course, right here. As we said, 1864, Sar Saratoga Racecourse, America's oldest thoroughbred racetrack, opens its inaugural meet with four days of racing. On, say, 1906, the Chicago White Sox beats the Boston Americans 3-0 to start the American League record 19-game Major League Baseball winning streak. On his day, 1907, legendary pitcher Walter Johnson, at 19 years old, begins his 21-year Baseball Hall of Fame playing career with Washington with a 3-2 loss versus Detroit. On his day, in 1912, the U.S. Open men's golf at the Country Club at Buffalo, John McDermott successfully defends his title by two strokes from Tom McNamara. On say 1921, after three hours of deliberation, a Chicago jury acquits eight Chicago White Sox accused in Black Sox scandal. Next day, they are banned from organized baseball for life. On say 1924, the A's first baseman, Joe Hauser, sets American League record of 14 total bases in a game, three home runs, and a double as Philadelphia beats the Cleveland Indians 12-4 at Dunn Field. On the day in 1929, Philadelphia first baseman Don Hurst sets a National League record of six consecutive games with a home run home run in Philly's 2-0 win versus the Pittsburgh Pirates. And on the day in 1936, a Finnish tri F-I-N-N-I-S-H as, as if, of course, from Finland. In the 10,000-meter final at the Berlin Olympics, uh, Imari uh, Solomon beats teammates Arvo Ascola and, and Volaneri, Volameri Iso Hollow. And of course, one birthday right here. As we said, Billy Cannon was born on this date in 1937. He would pass away in 2018. And one passing on this date, ladies and gentlemen, legendary Dodgers uh, broadcaster Vin Scully would pass away just last year. And that's all we got right there for you today here, folks. And we'll repeat this right here, ladies and gentlemen, on Revolution coming up here at 9 o'clock. Now, ladies and gentlemen, with just a few moments here before we go, let us go ahead here and let's bring you, let's, of course, bring you some wrestling uh, tidbits here, which I think we have about maybe, it's like just three stories, but that's quite all right. Here we go back to 411 Mania. Let's see what they have to bring us here. Joseph Lee posted this story here tonight. As Cody Rhodes wants to induct his brother Dustin into the WWE Hall of Fame and also talks about his loss at WrestleMania. In an interview with Sports Illustrated, Cody Rhodes said that he would love if Dustin Rhodes returned to WWE and wants to induct him into the Hall of Fame. Here, of course, are some highlights. On his loss at WrestleMania, Cody says, I felt all of that loss. If I didn't, I'd be doomed to repeat it. There was nothing Vince or Hunter could say that would make me feel better. They lived on the edge of the lightning bolt. Hunter has been in a WrestleMania main event and won. Of course, Vince, the chairman, he built the yard and created WrestleMania, the Super Bowl of sports entertainment. I was receptive and grateful to what they had to say, but I didn't want to speak with anyone. I really didn't speak with anyone. It was a long walk out of that building, and I needed that. On the other side, waiting for me was my family. I couldn't show up to them defeated, even if I 
even if I just was defeated, a lot of good people tried really hard to make me feel better by telling me I may have been to WrestleMania, but I can't pretend. I can't jump for joy. I knew that, that there was a main event, and I was there, but it wasn't mine. On what his father would think about him main event in WrestleMania, Cody says, I thought so much about him at WrestleMania. I thought how about how quiet he would have been because it was really happening. He believed it would happen at the very end of his life when I was stardust. That's when he had his first doubts. I'm glad I was able to shake the doubts. He was my number one supporter and I always believed it would happen, and it did. On using Being the Elite in his Peacock documentary, Cody says, In 2023, had we revised any part of my story, then it would have been a big lie. You can't revise the story. Matt and Nick Jackson have to be a part of it. Director Matt Brain understood how important it was for me to tell the story accurately. The Bucks and Kenny Omega, my story will forever be attached to them. They may never step foot in WWE, but without us coming together, the business would be very different. A lot of wrestlers are doing very well because of it, and the whole industry has changed because of it. Also on his brother returning to WWE, Cody says, I would like to induct Dustin into the Hall of Fame. I would also never turn down an opportunity to team, to team with him again, and we've had an even better experience wrestling against each other. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, here, uh, while we bring you these stories, apparently we have a notification here. This may be mostly a weather notification or a possible breaking news update. Let us check with the Amazon Echo Dot here. Alexa, notification. One new notification from Amazon. On Thursday, there's a chance of rain near you in Trinity, starting around 5 p.m. and continuing intermittently until around 11 p.m. So I figured that's what that was, ladies and gentlemen. My apologies, but I like to always go ahead and keep up with that. So we, I personally would love to see, of course, Dustin Rose return at some point down the road, you know, to maybe, like I said, team with his brother Cody one more time. And who knows, maybe even get a chance to induct Dustin into the Hall of Fame. I really think that Dustin Rose would really deserve it. Joseph Lee posted this story today. As, as the elite have signed new deals with AEW. Sports Illustrated reports that the elite, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and Heyman Page have all signed new deals with AEW. Uh, the group signed multi-year deals before tonight's 200, 200 Dynamite and will be sticking around for the foreseeable future. Tony Khan said the elite have been so important to the launch of AEW with the Young Bucks going all in when I first approached him in 2018 about my dream to create an international pro wrestling promotion. Shortly sh shortly after that, their partners and closest friends, Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page, joined us to formally launch AEW. All four of them have been instrumental to AEW success from the very episode, first episode of Dynamite in 2019 through the present day. Now, as we celebrate tonight's 200th episode, Don Might, I'm excited to share that Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and Heyman Adam Page will be will all be staying in AEW for years to come. We look forward to celebrating the great news with fans around the world. Here, and of course, there's some highlights right here with the group, of course, explaining their decision. Kenny, of course, talking about choosing to stay in AEW, he says, I was careful to weigh out all options and was was open-minded to all possibilities. 
I'm here to help whomever I can while I'm still around. Up to this point, I've made the choice to sacrifice everything in the name of pro wrestling. I can't say that family or my kids influence the decision to stay with AEW. I'm not married and without kids. But what can I say is I'm incredibly proud of my match catalog and the wonderful people I've met and continue to meet. AEW not only allows me to continue doing what I do at a high level, but allows the freedom to pursue other, some other passions I have in life, which after nearly 25 years in the ring have become more and more important to me. Matt Jackson on being integral to AEW, he says we're literally the E in AEW. The Elite are the main characters of this company, no matter how different AEW is now from its original inception. We are the DNA, and if you lose the foundation of your home, it eventually collapses. I'd, it'd be a lie if I said it, that didn't weigh on us and making the decision in my older years of my career being closer to the end than I am at the beginning. I'm not really one who worries about much about my legacy anymore. I've kind of noticed like a summer tan, most memory, memories fade or they remember di- differently or told with errors anyway. Oftentimes the memory is almost I- instantly forgotten because you hit the refresh button as far as my own personal stories i have enough to retell my grandchildren for a lifetime and much of those stories can be about how i helped create a massively successful wrestling company where all your favorites can be seen on live television every week ultimately i made the best decision for my family working in aw will allow me the most time with my children and they're still at the young age where they need their dad home as much as possible Having the strongest marriage possible with my wife, Dana, is so important to me as well. When wrestling is finished, I want to come home to a full, healthy home. The entire elite was going to make the decision on where we were going together, and that's what we did. We stuck together, which isn't typical in the wrestling business. But again, I used I used the words family earlier. We're, we're not just locker room pals. We're more like a family, and we did what the family wanted. Nick Jackson on what went into their decision. He says, if we're going to be honest, the schedule was a huge part of it. I have a wife and three young children and seeing them as much as possible was a big factor. I'm not going to lie. The money was a huge factor too. At this point in my life and career, I just couldn't see myself being on the road half of the year or even more than that. I have so much respect for the guys and girls that are able to do that year after year. We for sure could have made memories in WWE. But what's more important to me is making memories with my family. With the position we're in, I'll be able to do that and still make memories in AEW. Adam Page, on why he stuck around, he says, I think it's very meaningful that as a day one guy I stay with AEW, it's likely that I will one day finish my career here. Hopefully, that can help the future generation see that there can be more than one path to success. At this stage of my life, the selling point was the schedule. A W schedule allows me to be home with my family for the majority of the week and will ideally help my body hold up better in the long run. And the pay is good. AW emerging as a legitimate wrestling company has helped me drive up bargaining power for wrestlers and others who work in the industry. Making a long-term commitment to a still-growing AEW, I felt was the best way I could help continue that progress. Also, Matt Jackson adding the rumor about the rumors that they would be leaving. Matt says, love us, hate us, cheer us, boo us, send us sweet comments, or heckle us. As long as you feel something and you continue to watch the great company we announced on our YouTube series all those years ago, thank you. 
If you were hoping this would be our grand exit, sorry to disappoint you. You're stuck with us. We're not going anywhere. And if you kind of notice here, ladies and gentlemen, of course, they talked about the very beginning of AEW, even, of course, Tony Khan. Not once was Cody mentioned at all. But obviously, I'm sure Cody is, is does respect, of course, their opinions as well. But I'm sure they also, of course, have a great deal of respect for them, too. Jeremy Thomas posted this story last night with some WWE news as Core Jade apparently deletes her Twitter account and Vince McMahon, the book about Vince McMahon will be hitting paperback next year. Cora Jade is no longer on Twitter as she deleted her account. Jade, who posted last week to simply write the word bye, has deleted her account on the social media platform. There has been no word as to actually why she did that. And also PW Insider reports that the new Vince McMahon biography, Ringmaster, Vince McMahon and the Unmaking of America, is set to release on paperback early next year. The Abraham Reisman written book will arrive in the format on March 1st of next year. Now, some of these three stories, along with some of your other wrestling stories, will be brought up, of course, on Revolution coming up here a little bit. Of course, on Revolution coming up here later on in the evening. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you very much for listening to episode 356 of WCW US Outside the Ropes. Be sure, of course, as always, to check out all of our pages, of course, on Facebook. We have, of course, we continue to post on, like I said, everything, including uh, Fan Empire, Entertainment Cavalcade, and Sports Roundup, of course, especially as far as the daily wrestling and pop culture history and birthday reports from our own Godfather of Soul, Justin Lewis Fleming. <clears throat> also, of course, uh, the Game Show Alley page. Also, all of our wrestling and uh pop culture tribute groups as well. Um, check out, of course, everything that we have posted here, all the videos, all the po- all the pictures, all just the random post itself. You might find something very, very fascinating, very, very unique, very, very interesting, which might be kind of influential, might be kind of inspiring. So we urge everyone to definitely, of course, check all that out. <clears throat> And also check out all of our past episodes of all of our shows, including right here, uh, Revolution, Wolfpack, Wild Radio, and others. On, of course, here on Talk Show, you can go back and listen to some of those and listen to what some of our, to, to what to items that our panelists over the years have had to say, of course, about everything in the world of wrestling and pop and other different forms of pop culture and other things, of course, as well. As we said, we'll be back with episode 1330 of Revolution coming up at 9 o'clock, 138055 pound. Be sure to, of course, be sure to, of course, check that out here as well. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. WCWS, Chad Hinshaw saying thank you very much here for listening. And we'll be back a little bit later in the evening, of course, with some, with some big time wrestling talk here as well. About, like I said, everything from NXT to the 200th episode of Dynamite and other topics. So be sure to listen in on that as well. Uh, remember, ladies and gentlemen, let's continue to say a prayer for all those affected by everything from all the current situations currently going on right now in our country and in our world. Of course, even, of course, the bit, still one of the big topics, obviously, has been the weather. Uh, be sure, like I said, let's continue to say a prayer for. Both of you.
families, of course, of those who have, of course, succumbed to, of course, the to to the uh, horrific heat as we start start use that has pretty much kind of uh, that's really kind of taking its toll on a lot of people. Also, of course, ladies and gentlemen, that we, of course, like I said, uh, send a praise up there to the families of those affected by the mass shooting that took place in 2018 at that synagogue in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, that, of course, that the gentleman, that the, the, the man responsible for all that would be getting the death penalty. So he, he is, of course, getting, of course, you know, definitely, of course, what he 100% deserves. So we are very, very, we are, of course, ladies and gentlemen, of course, stand with, of course, those, those folks here, of course, here in Pittsburgh, of course, showing that we should not be biased at this because of our authenticity. I, I, for one, am one of those folks. I'm very, very, of course, uh, I'm very respectful of all authenticities. You can be, of course, Chinese, Japanese, African American, Jewish, whatever. I still see you as a human being. It does not make any difference. So there you go. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we'll talk at John Revolution coming up here in the next hour and a half. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, please take care and please stay safe. Remember, since 2015, ladies and gentlemen, your source for everything in the world of pro wrestling, pop culture, and everything in between. This is, of course, ladies and gentlemen, the one and the only, the WCWUS Radio Network. We'll talk at you a little bit later on this evening. Take care and stay safe out there. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.